You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. I can't tell you how we got to this direction, but often what we do on this show is we will experiment, we'll throw our food takes out there. Doug gets criticized as much as anybody for his food takes. I feel like I'm a close second because I feel like mine is just a little juvenile for everybody else's palate. Just out there. a little? Yeah, I, I, okay, maybe a lot. Sure. I, I think okay. the criticism is justified that I will eat things that you might have eaten on your fifth grade field trip. And so Nada, he has the more refined palate. I can't tell you again how we got to the discussion of this, but the question was posed literally right before we started chatting here was. What is better, Lucky Charms or Honey Nut Cheerios? Doug posed the question to us, and Nada and I did agree on this one, and perhaps it does fall into the elementary school taste buds. Oh, no, this one, no, this, this one's um, absolutely junk food. We went with the Lucky Charms, yes. and Doug went with the Honey Nut Cheerios. Now, I haven't gotten any reaction out of you yet as far as if there's any uncultured savagery going on with Doug's take. It, it seems pretty mild. I just wanted to get your no, no, Doug, opinion on this, whether Doug just completely flew off the deep end here. No, no. Doug is 31 going on 65. Like He's about to <laughs> he's about to go file for his he's AARP total. card. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Cheerios, low in cholesterol, great for the heart. That's right. That's he wants. He wants his raisin bran. He wants his total. He doesn't have any time for these childish marshmallows for you. This is what we discuss before we get on the Locked On Hornets podcast, and it's presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Check us all out on Twitter at Walker Mail at Not of the Scribe and at Doug Branson LOH. You can find the show handle on most social media platforms at Lockdown Hornets. We've got a Boston Celtics game tonight we'll get into in just a couple of minutes. I want to continue to talk about the small market in the NBA, how the stars just aren't staying there. I, I think I teased it at the end of yesterday's podcast. I wanted to get Doug and Nada a little bit more into that conversation. I think it's fascinating. It is a fascinating conversation, and there's going to be a lot of stuff that people we will say that people won't like. And we ta- Well, and we talked about, I, at least I talked about, some similarities between Charlotte, of co- because it's a small market, mm-hmm. and just where it falls in reference to all of the other teams that have been small markets that have lost out on their star players. And this is exactly what's going on with New Orleans. Also, we got our boy Ethan Nick. He emailed us some Super Bowl prop bets and actually had a little bit of a Charlotte Hornet spin on it. We like the idea, so we're going to include it in today's segment three. Oh, yeah, we're shamelessly ganking this idea. Yeah, shamelessly. And, and I feel like it was offered to us, so we appreciate it. Again, that's F and Nick, just straight up F and Nick. So we appreciate his contributions to today's Lockdown Hornets podcast. Boston Celtics tonight, Nada. Boston's starting to get rolling here a little bit. They've won six of their last seven games. What was their only loss to? It was to the Golden State Warriors. By so, four. And it was a fantastic game. A lot of NBA junkies, they got their hook up on that game. And so now Boston, it does look like they're rolling a little bit. One thing that could be working in the Charlotte Hornets' favor tonight is that Kyrie Irving is day-to-day. I'm pretty sure that we're going to get Kyrie Irving because Kyrie Irving likes to pick his spots. And considering it's Kemba and it's him and Kemba considered the two best point guards in the East, I'm pretty sure he's going to play. The one thing, well, not the one thing, but the one thing Nada will say. I got my yeah. imaging now. All right, let's I go. like this, but I like uh, the one thing about the Celtics that bugs me the most is that they're just so deep, they're so talented, and there's no Cody Zeller. And with Al Horford being out there, 
against a guy like Bismack Biombo, against a guy like Billy Hernan Gomez, he can take he can take Biz out to the 15 feet and just shoot jumpers all day and be the conduit that he always is. But with Billy Hernan Gomez, he's just going to get straight line drives to the basket, and then it's going to be straight line drives to penetrating kicks, and that's going to be a problem. And you look at some of their younger guys that a little some Celtics fans were panicking about, maybe some just NBA junkies again were panicking about because we did have some stars on this Boston Celtics team. Jason Tatum probably got off to a little bit of a slower start than maybe most people imagined. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown got off to a crazy slow start. Both of these guys are starting to pick it up. Jason Tatum shooting 40% from three this month and also averaging 16 points, which 16, fine from him, especially when you have to share the ball a little bit within that offense. Yes. Jalen Brown is the guy that has really developed as the season has gone on. So you go back all the way at the beginning of the season, he shoots 32% from three in November, mm-hmm. 21% from three in December, Good Lord. Goes up to 34 in January. Now the guy is shooting 45 in the month of January. Or in the month, uh, yeah, excuse me, in the month of January did have that low percentage again in December. So January has been very kind to him shooting from beyond the arc. Also the overall field goal percentage, it has gone up. So Jalen Brown, he's really starting to come into his own once again this season. And it looks like some of the, the hesitation that you might have to say Boston Celtics, they're going to come back from whatever slump they were at the beginning of the season. Again, this is a very talented basketball team and they're showing you this past month. But don't sleep on the Hornets. Now they've won five of their past seven games. And remember, they have a win against the Boston Celtics this season with a healthy Kyrie Irving, 117-112, back on November 19th. And if you remember, if you remember, Kimba Walker scoring forty three points against that game against uh, Kyrie and the right. Celtics. So maybe they need Kyrie to be healthy so Kimba <laughs> can go off. Yeah, we want to have the motivation for Kimba Walker to come in in this game and give us another forty point victory. Because while the Hornets have been playing better basketball, it was if there is such a thing as a good loss, I think you would put the Milwaukee Bucks game in that category. Yes, the Pacers was more of a beatdown as the fourth quarter happened, but again, that was still with healthy Victor Oladipo relatively. Yes, relatively. Yeah, Yeah. relatively healthy Victor Oladipo. But this has been a team that has been playing better basketball. Problem is, is Kimba hasn't been playing as good a basketball as he had. And he's not so healthy either. Yeah, and, and that's probably true as well. But you can go back to this Bucks game. You know, Kimba was kind of absent for most of it. 10 points, only 3 of 12 from the field. You saw what he did with the Knicks. Only scored 14 points in that game. So hopefully Kimba can get it back on track. The one thing I do worry about with the Kemba Walker, I, I guess, is that everyone's starting to take two, three guys at him now. And now they're going, okay, some Nick Batum, you have to beat us. Okay, Jeremy Lamb, you have to beat us. Okay, Bismack, you're going to have to put in at least 10 to 15. And it's like good luck now because we're just not going to let Kemba Walker beat us anymore. And with the length that they have and the length that bothers Kemba Walker, and you're probably going to see a lot of Marcus Smart tonight, it's going to get kind of hairy and dicey in terms of Kemba Walker going off tonight. They can't possibly shoot as poorly as they did against the New York Knicks for a second game in a row. And you, and you hope that Malik Monk takes that confidence from that fourth quarter against New York and brings it into this game against Boston. Yeah, how many well. consistent games can we get from Malik? You know, does the fourth quarter spark something here? Can you get another good one against the Boston Celtics? You certainly hope so. And Miles has been playing well lately. Yes. And remember, we had the rookie wall moment. I think that's what most people are chalking it up to, which makes sense. 
again, you played, I guess, what, 40 games? You know, that's about, that is the top end of a college basketball yeah, a season. Yeah, yeah, it is. And so now Miles Bridges kind of entering, maybe finding a second wind here, was efficient in the last game against New go York. Go ahead. Go ahead and sleep on Kimba Walker. <laughs> so, yes, right. Sleep on Kimba, sleep on Miles. Watch what happens. Yeah, hopefully these guys are able to produce tonight against, against the Boston Celtics and continue to be on a good run. And it would bring them back to 500. So it's been 500 a while. going into February would be dope. Yeah, I mean, it'd be is with especially this kind of schedule that's coming up. It doesn't look too terribly hard right now, mm-hmm. at least for the next month or so. You probably have a month's worth of uh, worth of games where the schedule isn't all that tough until you have to go out. I think West again, and that's where it starts to get more tough as the season goes on. Kimba and Lamb going to record a video like Brady and Gronk. Yeah, we never left. We're here. <laughs> We're still here. We're still I don't, here. We I don't think we want the the Kimba and Jeremy that are here Go right now to still be him. here. Yeah. Sleep on them. I will sleep on them. We're coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do. That's make more sales. We'll talk about the small market teams trying to hang on to their stars next. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Did he go with Myers Leonard as his first comparison as a big man hitting from the three-point line? Oh, did I say Leonard? I meant uh, Miles Turner. Okay. (laughs) You did. I think you said Miles Leonard. That was on me. Sorry about that. That's a bad mistake. I know when I think shooting big men, Myers Leonard is the first guy that comes to mind. Absolutely. I was thinking Steve Clifford and I might be the same wavelength. Hot shot. Myers Leonard. (laughs) That's, That's his nickname. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're giving you daily Hornets talk in your podcast feed. We need you to show your support by joining our Patreon page. For as little as $1 a month, you'll be supporting the content that you depend on. Go to patreon.com slash LOH. Once again, that's patreon.com slash LOH. So again, a lot of the conversation being held right now is around small market teams. The Charlotte Hornets, they are a small market team. Mm -hmm. And so now we've seen Anthony Davis request a trade and not be abrasive about it. You know, this is not a Jimmy Butler situation where he is just going to destroy anything that he can in his path in order to get out of a Minnesota Timberwolves team. You know, this is a guy that has been relatively quiet throughout his career and made a just a very it, it was a quiet. I maybe it wasn't quiet, but it wasn't abrasive, right? Yeah, this is yeah. this wasn't a guy that imposed his will, saying "Get me out and get me out right now." It does seem like he is willing to play. We'll see if the Pelicans are willing to play him. I wouldn't. Or if they're just going to tank, which is a, a conversation maybe separate of this one, but it's going to be interesting to see what the Pelicans decide to do. But this is a conversation right now that is prevalent even with here with us in the Charlotte Hornet with the uh, Charlotte Hornets. So now it, the Hornets seem like they want to keep Kimba, right? All signs yeah. point to that. And I made the point yesterday how it's so much easier to appreciate Kimba here in a smaller market because we have seen guys leave. You know, we mentioned LeBron James, he left Cleveland the first time to go with a couple of studs to win a championship. You know, Anthony Davis has made it apparent he wants out of New Orleans. The Thunder tried so hard to keep Kevin Durant, and that's the thing that kind of hurts the Pelicans and the Thunder. I feel like they're similar in the regard of both of them went down swinging. You know, the Thunder fought so hard to keep KD. They trade Serge Ibaka because the chemistry issues with KD and Serge yeah. just weren't working. So it's like, okay, KD, you're our future. 
We're going to go get Oladipo because we knew, do need a stronger two guard now. Yes. Or we're going to go get DeMontis Sabonis. And now Serge Ibaka is out. It's all about you, KD. Whatever you want, let's keep you. And the Pelicans, right? They traded for DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, here's the thing. With, with the Pelicans, <laughs> you gave almost $120-something million between Solomon Hill, Omar, Omer Ashik, and another, and I forgot. There's well, other no, ones. I'm not saying that they're the most intelligent franchise. No, my, my whole point, my comparison in the two is that they went down swinging. They tried, right? Like yeah. I'm not saying that they were smart in giving Ashik a whole lot, a whole lot of money. You know, they they overpaid for Drew Holiday because they needed a competent and good yeah. point guard, the Mike Conley tier, right? A guy yeah. that's a fringe All Star. They wanted to keep him there, and so that that was that was my comparison. Was that the Thunder went down swinging? Same thing with the New Orleans Pelicans. Paul George leaves Indiana despite the success. Yes, like Indiana was very successful with Paul George, and they went to a seven-game series with LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. The Indiana Pacers went to a seven-game series, and Paul George, despite that team maybe going away a couple of years, he was gone as well. And so it's just interesting because you get. Very bright NBA pundits out there trying to figure out what can you do to keep these guys in smaller markets, and it's just so hard. Nobody has a smart answer. Well, the, I think part of the problem is that the NBA has tried to use the collective bargaining agreement to give teams tools to keep the stars that they draft, but it comes at a time when players are feeling more empowered than ever to go wherever they want and team with whoever they want, and and so what ends up happening is the stars do whatever they want, and then the teams are left with these tools, and they use them on bad decisions. Well, or they use them on guys to get potential stars that leave in five years, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. Like it's. I mean, think about that. You know, hey, give, give me all your first round picks. I have to hit on at least two, and and hit. I mean, really hit, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, like especially in today's Knock NBA, it out of the park, where three all stars have to get you a championship. See, when people say that Philly. One, the tank job. <laughs> it's an evil laugh, but I think it rings true. <laughs> ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are guys that... deep laugh. It, it, oh, it, that came from a it, dark it, it was It was deep and it was evil, but there are people that think Philadelphia, they tanked and they won. That is a team that you look at as a successful franchise in tanking. Well... They got Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, which they hit out of the park, right? Both of yeah. them. Both are phenomenal players. And they're the third best team in the Eastern Conference, fourth best team, maybe second at best. Or I mean, this is a team that has a good future outlook, but this is a team that— are we sh- Wait, wait. Are we sure about that? Well, okay. They're in that realm, right? They are in the conversation among the best teams in the Eastern Conference. And Philadelphia's not even a small market, right? So, like, yeah. they have a better chance of keeping these guys. So, when you look at tank jobs, like— especially with the point that they made on the Low Post podcast the other day of it takes two and a half years before you actually get to your stardom, right? Not even your prime, just get to your stardom. So then it's even shortened. It's just, it's extremely tough for these small market teams to compete for a championship for all the people that are part of rings culture, right? You know, give me a championship or or go home and and go tank. Oh, that's, that is the hand that you're dealt if that's what you're looking. And on the flip side of that, look at a team like Minnesota. Minnesota has been to the playoffs once, in the last, what, 15 years? Yeah. Look at Sacramento. They haven't been back since 2003. We're talking about, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we Thank, like to party. Yeah, like we love Vladi. Look at, look at a team like Phoenix. Phoenix hasn't been back since Nash left the building. Like, you have all these teams that have tried to bottom out and basically strip everything down to the studs. 
and it doesn't work. Philly is the outlier in this. And it's always been the outlier, and that's why I hate when everybody uses, you should tank to go win a championship. It's not that simple because, again, getting one star is, is easy. Getting two stars to play together and stay together, that's really, really and, and two stars still isn't enough if you want to win a championship. Not in today's NBA. <laughs> Ah, no, <laughs> it's, it's, that's not as deep, but no. it was a good effort. And then you look at other teams, you know, trying to get these big stars, right? Like we, we talk about this, and Doug, you mentioned a point of uh, you brought up the point of these players feeling more empowered, but also it used to be monetary value. You know, we'll just throw more money at these guys, and in some instances. It just won't count as much against the cap. But then you end up with these contracts like a Chris Paul gets or a John Wall gets to go more of a a smaller market than a Houston or anything like that. And so now when you have those type of contracts, all that would do is allow teams to throw $50 million at John Wall instead of the 40. And now you're strapped with an even worse contract. I mean, did we, again, like we we had the Wizards say everybody is on the table and we're having discussions about how John Wall's contract is borderline untradeable. No, well, no, we, no, we gave teams nuclear weapons. And and so when you use nuclear and weapons. They push the buttons, man. Yeah, they they just did they didn't even think about it. They just pushed the button immediately. <laughs> just pull the trigger. No. <laughs> <laughs> You done? You done? Please. I probably have one more, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hold it. <laughs> but the thing with John Wall is, and Doug's right. You gave these teams these nuclear options. Problem is, the players can rebut that, and they're saying, "I want my max or trade me." And this is essentially what happened with Jimmy Butler. And it's funny we talk about the new CBA and everything else like that. Do you know who the victim of really the new CBA is? It's that Oklahoma City Thunder team. They could have kept it under the old CBA. They would have been able to keep Harden. They would have been able to keep Durant, most likely. They would have been able to keep Ibaka. And how many titles do they run off if all if they all stay together for another two, three, four years? Well, and then if you bring up any kind of hard cap, it just gets laughed out of the room and nobody... As it should. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> We're going to take a quick time out. We'll come back with more evil laughs here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. <laughs> This is Locked on Hornets. And the Google description here says, On contracts made before June, where the wheat is deliverable in December, either wheat of the grades, named or numbered, (laughs) B shares batik of New York, N.B.A. So take that for what you will. That's a lot of information I just threw at you. I apologize. What was the grade? Yeah, the wheat was graded uh, C-. minus. Let's get them on. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. I, I picture Nada as the bane to Elton Brand's scared, skinny, white, scared guy saying, do you feel in charge here? <laughs> and just evil laughing. And Philadelphia feels like they are in charge. And yet Nada's here laughing because they haven't won any kind of tank job. 
do you think you are in charge? Is that here? is that your bane? That is my horrible, shitty bane. You you committed a little bit more than I did. How many days left before the All Star game hits Charlotte? What are we at here? Uh, it is what February fifteenth through the seventeenth. Right, so we're so just half a little a, half a month. Is Charlotte ready? Are we ready to host? Is you ready the NBA All Star weekend? Yeah. No, I'm I'm ready. <laughs> yes, no. One says yes. One says no. Well, I'm ready. I, I don't know. If, debate. I don't know if the city is ready. I'm not here to debate the city of Charlotte whether it's ready for an All Star break or not. I have seen not a pretty much go in on the city of Charlotte and this being one of the things here <laughs> yes the, the, uh, well I didn't go in technically friend of the show Justin Thomas was disappointed by the lack of of parties and granted this is Justin and we love him but what did you kind of expect man we still have 15 days aren't the best parties those just they're underground parties yeah, spontaneous like we don't know happenings a, a great party doesn't happen 15 days in advance <laughs> no well if you got to book some of these guys in advance yeah yeah it does now mind you i'm hoping we get a cardi b sighting i'm just not really hopeful about performers that. jay cole is going to perform the halftime show Meh. at the all-star break yeah you, you have some bad jay cole takes i do now the kod album i'm not going to say that it was as great as some of his previous albums it's I'm overrated not, i'm not here for that i'm not even going to hate that take but to hear the mat on jay cole Meh. like come on now man Meh. jay cole is one of the better rappers out there right now and jay cole is from north carolina like repar- like Respect and represent. I'm all here for J. Cole being here. Anthony wait, 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 Hamilton. hold on. I was Go about ahead. to say. Go ahead. You're gonna you're gonna ride for J. Cole and you're gonna leave Mr. Like I sing like I'm the vocal version of collard greens and ham hocks. I was going to Anthony get Anthony Hamilton. I was going to get to Anthony Hamilton. Anthony Hamilton is going to perform the national anthem. So a fantastic music lineup that you have, at least on the American side. Because we do have Meek Mill opening. For J. Cole which as is well, be awesome. which is going to be sweet, right? And then you get to the Canadian National Anthem, and you know who's going to sing that, right? Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah, call me maybe. Love it. Yeah, I sure. am a There's big CRJ fan. <laughs> Where oh are you, God. Doug? She's also going to be performing at the party that I'm going to featuring <laughs> Train and James Taylor. Except, right, except oh, that's Jesus just off Christ. of your iPod. That's, that's yeah, Doug. it's party of my ass. Yeah, it's, it's every night. That's it, I live yeah. in Uptown. You can come party with me. Right. That's It reminds me Huge of Luke. Playlist. Yeah, it reminds me of, of Luke Keekley, I think, saying that he went to a James, like a James Taylor concert one time. And it's just, it's the most Luke Keekley thing ever. And so when we're here getting excited, at least myself for J. Cole and both of us for Anthony Hamilton, here's Doug. Here's your Carly Rae Jepsen enthusiast on the Lockdown Hornets her podcast. Her B side stuff is way better than her A side stuff. Let me just tell you that right now. <laughs> wanna get That's to, not hard. <laughs> Want to get to F and Nick real quick? He's got some Super Bowl prop bets for us that we're going to put a Charlotte Hornets spin on. So we're going to go through these quickly because I don't have a whole lot of time. So, higher total. Points scored by Nick Batum or points scored by Greg Zerline? You go first, Nada. Zerline. Zerline going. All right, Doug. Give me the kicker. <laughs> yes, Legatron it is. I'll go Legatron as well. Higher total. More touchdowns from Tom Brady or more three-pointers from Kimba Walker? Brady. Where are you going with? Oh, I'm taking Captain Courageous. Yeah, I'd probably go with Captain Courageous as well. And just real quickly, because we did a poor job, at least myself, I did a poor job of laying down the rules here. Yeah. Uh, is this just for, what What game is this going for? Is so this, the this bo- is Super Bowl versus the Hornets game Saturday against the Chicago Bulls. Oh, it's going to get, now that, yeah, that makes things interesting. Uh, See, I'm gonna, I read the rules. Yeah, so I did I not. I was playing on the rules. No, I did not. I was just, I was just throwing I didn't even know the there. rules. No, so that is, you are you going to change your answer? 
the rules anyway. I, I'm still going. Also true. I'm still going Legatron. Still going Kimba, and we'll move on. Which has more pan away shots? James Borrego looking confused as to what Malik Monk just did, <laughs> or Sean McVay's girlfriend in the stands? Borrego, and it's not close because it's the Bulls. <laughs> No, they do. They they keep showing. Yeah, they keep showing McVeigh's good. That, that that that's what football is all about. Showing girl, you know, girlfriends of coaches, quarterbacks. Yeah, AJ McCarron's good. Right. Yeah, it's like the broadcast is obsessed with this. Right, and Brent Musburger. God, yeah, just I, I hope he never has to broadcast a game again where there is an attractive girlfriend of one of the coaches or the players. And we had another one that we cooked up, did we not, Doug? We talked about uh, with the whether we we're going to see Romo predict the play correctly. Uh huh. Or it was going to be something I thought we had on a Charlotte Hornets example. I think it was going to be Eric Collins if he yes, referred right. to Kemba Walker as Captain Courageous. Which one do you like better? So so the football one that we have, it's going to be how many times Tony Romo correctly predicts the play that's about to ensue. Or, or it's given to him. Or, that's Conspiracy. true. I like it. <laughs> or it's going to be Eric Collins saying, one, Captain Courageous, or... Johnny on the spot. Which one are you going to go with? Which one do you think is Which a... Which one a, happens more? Captain Courageous or Johnny on the spot? Captain Courageous has to be a close game, right? It has to be clutch, Kimba. Are, are we going to need that? Are the odds saying that they need that for Chicago? I'm going for I'm going for Johnny on the spot. I'm going to say Johnny on the spot as well. That's going to be... I think that will beat Romo for sure. Because again, that okay. can apply to any player. I agree. I'll, I'll take those odds. So that's what we have. Feel free to score at home and we'll see who wins. And I guess and we'll... tell talk. us your prop then yes. so we can do them on the show. Yeah, please do, and we'll be sure to mention them. Thanks again for listening to us here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Oh, 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 oh.